You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money with Brenthurst Wealth. And with me from Brenthurst Wealth in Johannesburg, in Santon, to be specific, is Mags Haystack or Magnus Haystack Jr. I don't know if I want to call you Junior, really, because it's, I don't know, it's got some kind of strange inferior connotation. And obviously, you're not Mags. But the thing we're going to talk about now is something incredibly important, because over the last few, actually few years since I've been speaking to Brenthurst Wealth, we've always talked about the diversification of a portfolio internationally and we say well you can buy amazon you can buy this and you can buy that and you make a load of money but on the other hand it has very very uh, profound implications for your portfolio because of uh, tax issues and capital gains all, all those sort of things so we we can't just take it in isolation we can't just say that amazon has gone up 175 percent since i bought it we have to have a look at what that means for you yes well lindsay thanks thanks for for having me on the show again it's a pleasure um, and i i kind of felt it was uh you know, important to discuss the the other you know unthought of uh, implications surrounding offshore investments. And I know it's been spoken, you know, to death uh, in the current you know, in the current times about how important it is for South Africans to have offshore investments. But you know, it's it's getting to a point now where you know people need to consider the the other aspects of of not just offshore investments, but your your offshore estate. If if I'd like to put it in that. You know, in those words, um, you know, it's also, you know, investors need to kind of have a plan for, you know, what what to do with their, their offshore estate. And there's a lot of things that are, you know, connected to South Africa in terms of your estate and your will. Um, but, you know, there's also other items that um, investors need to need to consider about, you know, okay, you know, should you immigrate one day or, you know, what's going to happen with your investments? Do you have the correct tax structures in place? Do you have the relevant banking um, structures in place? And do you have the relevant uh, will and estate planning in place? And I think, you know, the, the whole concept of offshore investments has definitely evolved from, you know, it's important to have U.S. dollars, but now it's more of a case of, okay, I've got the U.S. dollars, I've got the offshore investment, but is my tax structures and everything in the, the most suitable place that it should be. And that's that's what I wanted to discuss today. Okay, so where do we start? Let's say you're a South African a citizen, you are an investor, uh, you're in, invested in the JC Securities Exchange, and maybe a good proportion of your investments are sort of lent towards companies that earn a significant portion of their income outside of the borders of the Republic of South Africa. Okay, that's fine. But on the other hand, you're also using every single legal way that you can to diversify your portfolio internationally. What are the implications of doing that? So I think the one of the most overlooked aspects of taking money offshore is what what happens to that money should you no longer be around? And you know, obviously it's 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 very easy to say you just need to draft a will or whatever, and that's that's the best way to, to do it. But investors need to understand the the implications of the jurisdiction where they are invested. Now a lot of the I don't want to call them tax havens, but the more preferential jurisdictions that we're seeing lately for South African investors to invest offshore, namely Guernsey, uh, Jersey, and Isle of Man, is understanding if those jurisdictions have what's called grant of probate. Now, to make a long story short, grant of 
probate basically allows someone for, from that jurisdiction to, um, you know, execute your estate on your behalf. So it's not just your it's not your estate in total. It's just the portion of your estate that is offshore. Yeah. Um, and in this case, most of the the, the um, you know, we, we recommend a lot of our clients, they do invest uh, through Guernsey. So it's important that your South African will is tied with your offshore assets. Um, you can go as, as um, you know, an, a, an additional step that is also recommended is drafting an overseas will um, that will basically assist to tie up any loose ends, you know, should you not be uh, avail, you know, not, not be around anymore. Um, now, some investments do offer what we call joint investment options. Then that's where you can appoint your wife as a co-investor and that will basically just delay the grant of probate until the passing of the surviving spouse. But these are the type of questions that I think clients need to ask their advisor, but you can't ask those questions if you don't know about it. Um, and it's always the advisor's role to explain those type of implications. Now, typically it's recommended that you should have a will drafted in every jurisdiction worldwide, not just your investments, but maybe where you've got a bank account or property um, and, and just kind of understanding that that will assist your family to tie up the loose ends a lot more, but also ensuring that your estate is uh, structured, you know, correctly. Um, so that's definitely the first point of, of contact that, that I would look at is to say, okay, does your will match your offshore portfolio? Before you go on, what is the difference between, for example, uh, the South African legalities versus uh, the UK's or the Australian or whatever it is. I mean, do they come together and say, well, we understand that in South Africa, you've got to do this, but in Australia or the UK, we've got to do that. I mean, do they, do they work together? In other words, does one thing come up against another or do they work together? So it all depends on if South Africa has a tax agreement with those those countries, and in most cases they do. Um, South Africa does have a tax agreement in place with the UK, the United States, and Australia, um, you know, to ensure that the taxes are paid in the in the correct jurisdiction. Right. But the 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 difficulty is it's not just really about the tax implications; it's more about you know what happens with that capital if you pass away. Who inherits it? That's that's the the important question. Um, in, in with a lot of jurisdictions offshore, they would most likely requ require court sealed documents, you know, sent from South Africa to that country. And as we know, you know, it, it, you know, I mean, not even talking about using the post office here, but even couriering those documents at a very, very extensive cost and time, and appointing executors overseas. Um, so it's it's also about understanding that you know the steps not taken to ensure that your estate is correctly. Uh, structured could also um, mean for a very high executor's fee or, you know, just a general fees for the estate um, should you pass away. Um, but it's important to ask those questions and indicate to executor that, yes, I have portfolios or property or assets in these countries. What do I need to do to ensure that, um, you know, the process will be as simple as possible for my family should I no longer be around? Yeah, a lot of complicated issues that you've just uh, sketched out in, in around about 45 seconds. So how does one go about it? I mean, obviously, you start with your financial advisor, and there are some people's portfolios and personal financial situations that will be more complicated than others. But as a general rule, how should you go about it? So definitely the financial advisor would be the best person to kind of get the 
the simple understanding. So if I can use an analogy here, the, the financial advisor would be the GP. And he would recommend, okay, maybe you need to go and speak to a specialist. And the specialist in this case would be the tax practitioner or the or an executor because they have a lot more experience in those specific areas. Um, I feel it's it's – you know, clients will get a lot more value out of that because they are they are going to people who specialize in those, um, you know, those areas. Obviously, it ties up with a lot with the investments and and, and all of that. So there will, might be a bit of back and forth, but at least the specialist can assist you in, in in you know in that particular sector. So from a tax point of view, from an investment point of view, and from from an estate point of view, um, I think it's a bit tricky to kind of expect an advisor to have all of the answers because in my opinion that might question them and say well are you 100% sure I mean that's that's quite a very large scope to have a full understanding of um, so I, I think that's that's a you know quite a relevant example in, in that case but um, you know asking the right questions um, is, is very important and you know that's why I thought it's also something important to talk talk about because not a lot of investors are, you know, fully aware of the full implications of of investing offshore and having assets offshore. Yeah, given what you've just said, and given the current circumstances, and given what's happened in South Africa over the last not just uh, six uh, six to eight months, but also the last six to eight years, and maybe even beyond, there are more and more people that have these questions. Are you finding it, Brentest Wealth, that you're finding these questions coming up? On an increasing basis, not not saying day to day, but increasingly people need to know about these things. And are you also finding that the legislation surrounding these issues are becoming more and more complex? I, I definitely think they are becoming more and more complex. But you know, we've th- what what we try and offer for a lot of our clients is a very simplified yet informative uh, solution for offshore investments. Um, you know, we've done our research and homework, you know, behind the scenes where a lot of people might not realize, but we have a full understanding that a lot of the, you know, offshore investments that we use, you know, to give you one example, we use what are called accumulating funds. And that's long story short, the interest interest and dividends are reinvested. And that that's not any you know, there's no tax implications for clients from that point of view. We do also offer our opinion on different structures, and but we try and make sure that the most relevant and most common topics are discussed. I mean, you, you might get the occasional questions and panic about CITES tax. I don't know if we have enough time about, you know, to go into that, but it's if you'd just like a, to. an example. Um, I, I can try. <laughs> um, so just hold that thought. But, um, you know, we try and make sure that, the investments that we're offering, um, especially when we have that conversation and, and you know and proposals and all of that, is that all of the main and I think most important topics are covered. But my objective for today's conversation is to kind of go step beyond that and say, you know, is your offshore bank account in place? Is your will in place? Um, do you have a full understanding of all your tax implications, um, and, you know, for your investment? And, and that's, I think, going to and, – and it's it will become more prevalent because people are investing more and more offshore. Um, so we will get to that point where people will say, yes, I understand I need an offshore investment, but what about this? What about this? What about this? What about those situations that we might not have thought about? And then that's that's kind of the the message for today as well. Ask those questions. See, you know, keep trying to get a full understanding of of exactly where your money is. 
Yeah, well, that's the whole point, where your money is. and uh, But also there is a whole legal structure around around your money. And that's sort of where we, I think, probably need to wrap it up. Uh, in other words, you can make a lot of money in Hong Kong, Singapore, Australia, the United States of America, the United Kingdom, South America, wherever it is, as a South African citizen. But on the other hand, it comes with its implications. And that's the whole point of the chat we've just had. That's correct. So and maybe just a final comment. It's, it's just about tightening the ropes on your offshore assets and just understanding what you are, you know, what you what the implications will be. And that's that's basically the message for today. Very good. Magnus, thank you very much for your time. That's Mags Haystack from Brentos Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.